Over the past year and a half, Australia's democracy has been replaced by a type of medical fascism, which has grasped control of power by using police state tactics. You know, in that time, freedoms have been curtailed or suppressed altogether, and human rights have been abused, often with the use of police force. Now, we've watched mothers arrested in their homes in front of their children, police kicking citizens to the ground, stomping on their heads, pepper spraying old ladies. Brutal, brutal enforcement. And the situation just continues to deteriorate, so much so that our friends down under are now asking for our help. We simply must come to their aid. But you know, what can we do? Well, one young lady who organized protests against the tyranny, she was arrested, of course, and I spoke with her parents while she was in jail for over 20 days. And when I first spoke with Monica Smith shortly after her release, her fighting spirit was undaunted. And now she's calling on the world to help. She's calling on the rest of the world, sort of like an SOS to the world. Australia is the tip of the spear in all of this COVID tyranny. They are the experiment which, when complete, comes to our countries as soon as they can work out the kinks in the Australian experiment. So it's time to come to the aid of our brothers and sisters in Australia. We have to do that, yes, for our brothers and sisters there, but also for ourselves because we know they're the experiment and what goes on there is coming here. We've got to help them to fight it. So at noon on December the 4th in cities all over the world... Protests will take place at Australian embassies. Look for the city closest to you at lifepetitions.com, where in addition to the demonstration location, and it's always at noon on December the 4th, you can sign a petition to the Australian ambassador asking for these things. You want to end the lockdowns in Australia, end police brutality in Australia, end mandatory vaccinations in Australia and restore the freedoms of speech, assembly and travel in Australia. Let's do this. And now here to talk about the latest in Australia is Monica Smith herself. Stay tuned. Before we begin, let me remind you to please like and share this video and also subscribe to our channel. Go to lifesightnews.com, top right-hand side of the page. You'll see watch. That's where you can click to see all of our videos. Always come direct to lifesightnews.com. Monica Smith, good to be with you. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. So really momentous times we're going to get into in just a moment. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, Australia is blowing up all over the place. In the news, we see massive demonstrations, but also just an unbelievable crush. Please give us the latest of what's happening now in Australia. 
Well, in Victoria is where I am, so I can give you the most updates there. Um, we were in a really harsh lockdown for the last uh, two months. And of course, overall, Victoria has been uh, called the most lockdown state in the world. So we've gone through a lot here. Um, just recently, things have opened up more or less. Well, only for the vaccinated, of course. So there's a complete apartheid at the moment. So I can, uh, if it, I may be vaccinated, but I, if I'm not willing to show my certificate, I can't go to the gym, cafe. Um, I actually literally cannot do anything except for go to real estate viewings and go grocery shopping. That's all I can do as someone. And also, our, me our members of parliament cannot go to parliament without showing their papers as well. So it's, it's pretty intense here on that front. Does that include religious services, by the way? Absolutely, yes. Wow. And, and, and religious exemptions don't exist here in Australia because we do not have a bill of rights here. We Our rights are absolutely not here at all. The court systems have declared that we don't have a Bill of Rights, so it's fine to mandate injections. That's correct, yeah. That has happened in the last month or so uh, with some court cases. So uh, we really need to work on that if we can get some good, good control in Parliament. But that's happening on that front. But because there has been a high vaccination rate, of course, um, because of coercion, um, there has been a sense of uh, a false sense of freedom given to at least Victorians anyway. So things have opened up for the, for the vaccinated, of course, but um, there's a new bill going through parliament in Victoria. It's called the permanent pandemic legislation. It's as bad as it sounds. Basically the state of emergency, is what enables the government here to uh, have all these restrictions, right? And it, it uh, ends on 15th of December and they can't actually, uh, you know, prolong it in any way. So they have to come up with a new legislation and that's what this is. There has been massive pushback from 60 QCs, which is like um, higher than a barrister, um, really high lawyers in, in, in Australia. 60 QCs have signed an open letter saying they don't like the bill at all. We've had the Ombudsman, which is an independent sort of oversight uh, organisation. We've had other lawyers. We've had, um, you know, just it's tons of pushback on this bill. And then on top of that, for the last week, uh, Victorians have been sleeping at Parliament, first ever in history. Um, you know, it's been beautiful to see the community coming together. But also last Saturday, there was a protest of 130,000 people. And just keep in mind that Victoria only has 6 million, uh, you know, population. So that's a lot. Um, and some experts say for every one person at a protest, there's 10 at home that agree with them. So if that's the case, that's over one sixth of Victorians disagree with this bill. And it's really great because it's bringing um, left, right, black, white, Catholic, Christian, Muslim. It's bringing everyone together, uh, this bill. So I find that a really positive thing. Just amazing. In terms of what is going on um, in Australia, give us some of the details as to what this permanent uh, emergency legislation would, would actually do? For me personally, I would be in a lot of trouble uh, because anyone can be detained for up to two years um, based on their characteristics, attributes and circumstances. Yeah. And there's no definition as to what that means and who decides what is good or bad in terms of those characteristics. So basically, it seems like it, it gives the Premier Daniel Andrews the ability to imprison anyone based on their actions. So anyone that has gotten a COVID fine before would probably be on that list and could be taken to prison anytime they want. Force tested, force injected. It doesn't say with what, by the way. So over a two-year period, who knows what else could come out 
that they want to test and, and inject you with. Um, and there's also no punishment for police if they um, enter your house unlawfully, if they don't have the right documents, if they don't have search warrants. There's no punishment. So there's no liability for any law enforcement for making mistakes in this in this regards. Um, on top of that, if a individual breaks a COVID direction restriction, they can be fined up to $90,000, businesses up to $200,000. So in American, that's, you know, about 60% of that. So, you know, um, you know, uh, 50,000 and, and 110,000 or something like that. So a lot of money, enough to uh, stop people from breaking COVID restrictions, that's for sure. Um, what else was there? You know, yeah, th- those, those are really the worst two. But what I find really terrible about this is that Daniel Andrews, who has proven to take every legislation to the to the utmost uh, strength that he possibly can, can call a pandemic based on his own advice, no health advice, and you know his health advice is questionable now anyway. But the fact that there's not even that oversight with this bill, if there's a cough in Iceland. Daniel Andrews could say that Victoria is in a potential pandemic and they need to shut down. He could suspend elections because he could say that it's a public health risk to go out and vote. He could literally do whatever he wants based on these bills, uh, based on this bill. So that's why Victoria is so angry about it. But the great thing is, and I'll just finish on this, on this point, is that I actually think that this is going to be the undoing of Daniel Andrews because he's putting his dictatorship dreams on paper in black and white. You know, we've been trying to tell people for two years that this man is wanting to be a dictator and everyone thought we were crazy. Now it's in black and white. We're not crazy anymore whatsoever. And everyone else can see it too. So I think that's a positive thing. The pushback is is really amazing. Um, you, you've you described, um, we were talking before the show, you were talking about people when they're coming out uh, to those camping out to these massive demonstrations. They're coming with pizzas. They're coming with support. They're coming with uh, barbecues. Tell us how that's going in the spirit uh, of those that are protesting there. Unfortunately, I cannot attend them because I'm on bail. And if I was to uh, in any way incite an event like that, uh, because there's still a gathering limit of 30 people um, with COVID restrictions. So I can't go, but I'm watching the live streams all the time. And basically within two hours of people being there, there was just a group of five or six people, 10 pizzas had been dropped off. um, And then it just kind of grew from there. People have been bringing barbecues, pianos, uh, music, uh, drums, light shows, its you name it, it's all come there. Um, there's been speeches. Members of parliament have come out and addressed the crowd as well. And um, it's, it's, um, it's created ongoing news coverage for the bill. And instead of, uh, I'm going a tiny bit off topic, but instead of calling this group anti-vax or um, these sorts of things, that it seems like even the mainstream media can see that this bill is a problem for everyone. So that's a really good thing. But the, and I, and I will just say quickly that these protests have caused a lot of chaos within the parliament because we've never seen anything like this before. And it's a very powerful message when the community comes together with hot soup and sandwiches and love and community. It is, even if there was just a hundred people there, it's a, it's a really strong message. All the cars that drive past are honking and tooting like 80% of all the cars driving past seem to be in agreement with, with this group. So uh, it's, it's causing some sort of ripple effect that I, I can't really um, put into words, but also what's come with that is some of the media have started to call people like that terrorist terrorists and um, extremists and radicals because uh, one person came with like a makeshift noose 
and um, because, you know, uh, Nuremberg trials and uh, treason, things like that. But the mainstream media have focused on that to try and discredit the entire uh, movement. But there's been positivity as well. But, yeah, it's, it's ramping up from anti-vax to terrorists. So quite a big jump there. Just to remind everybody... Why uh, are you locked down? I know if they watch the the former show with you, they'll know. But why are you uh, not allowed to go? Yeah, so I was charged with two counts of incitement, um, inciting people to break the COVID restrictions, um, which, you know, shouldn't even be um, a potential criminal charge. But somehow they've found a way to criminalize uh, influence when it comes to anti-COVID narrative. So um, I'm I'm not allowed to incite people to break the Cho directions um, as part of my bail. Um, luckily, I luckily that's all my bail conditions were. As you may know, they tried to shut me down completely, uh, my opinion, and also they tried to give me a curfew um, from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. every single day. But of course, I spent 22 days in prison, appealed those bail conditions. And now my bail conditions are pretty minimal, but they do stop me from going to these protests. Um, Although there is a bit of leeway. Some people say I could probably go, but I don't want to fall into their trap uh, because I can't really do anything behind bars. So there's still a 30 person limit based on the COVID restrictions. And that's why I can't go um, because I could be seen to be breaking my bail and that would be bad. (laughs) Okay. So what are you doing? You were such a monumental leader in all of this. You caused, um, um, you know, a lot of what's going on right now you brought to the, for yourself. How are you taking this, this lot, this sort of forced uh, sequestering of yourself, uh, unable to go to these demonstrations? What are you doing right now? It's pretty hard. Um, The first couple of protests were really difficult for me to stay home. But then I realized that it's actually just selfish me wanting to go to the protest because one person going to the protest isn't going to change anything um, for everyone, for the for the whole event in itself. But it would change a lot for me because I would have a lot of fun. And it's kind of like working really hard all year and missing the Christmas party. You know, we've been in lockdown for so long that going to these protests is like the uh, it's like the reward for all the hard work. So I just want to go, um, but I can do a lot more behind my computer than I can on the ground, actually. So I've, I've accepted that and everyone understands it as well. And my fiance, Morgan Jonas, he is also um, runs a, a show four nights a week and he goes to every event and he always speaks and things like that. So I kind of feel like I'm represented by him and everyone knows that and, of course, asks a lot of questions about me. So obviously I feel like my human rights have been um, affected with these bail conditions, but it's just part of my sacrifice for the freedom of others and that's how I see it and it's been a lot easier since then there'll be a massive protest today and there's always a lot of people live streaming so I watch in my living room and I um, just hooray along with everyone else and I almost feel like I'm there Um, and people obviously hold signs of of my organization Reignite Democracy Australia some even with my face last protest someone gave a hand painting to my mum of of me (laughs) so you know I'm there in spirit and everyone feels that. So it is what it is. That's awesome. And by the way, congratulations. The last time we spoke that uh, fiance had not, uh, that had not materialized yet. So congratulations to you. Yes. The ring got upgraded because of prison. So it was totally worth it. I don't (laughs) suggest it though to any women out there. (laughs) 
Excellent. Now you have called for something really special and I think very, very important. Uh, LifeSite is assisting uh, in whichever way we can. In fact, we have a, a few campaigns going out to different countries to assist you in this campaign. We described it a little bit in the intro, but I want you to get into what are you calling for? Uh, what do you think will come out of these demonstrations? And um, what's the necessity for it, both for Australia and for the world? Well, thanks for letting me talk about it. And thank you so much for supporting it. I just, I'm very humbled by that. Thank you. Um, basically, I, you know, the, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Well, in Australia, we have been trying the peaceful um, diplomatic negotiation for over two years now and uh, well, under two, around two years. And it just hasn't really worked. We, we the, the vaccine mandate has come in, um, you know, people are, are doing things they don't feel comfortable with. And in, in that respect, I feel like a little bit like we failed. Um, but I think we were up against something a lot stronger than bigger than what we thought. And maybe it was naive to think we could actually stop it. So I thought, you know what, if this isn't working, maybe we need to appeal to the world. Now, I understand that a protest at an Australian embassy in New York isn't going to directly affect Australia. However, the momentum and the, the exposure that it gets the truth of what we're going through, um, it's, it's kind of invaluable to know where that will end up. Maybe someone very influential in Australian politics will see a group of 300 Americans at a random Australian embassy with signs in support of Australia and even call our Prime Minister and say, Hey, uh, what's going on in your country? Why are there people protesting? You know, you just don't know the effect that it has. And I cannot, also, I cannot, uh, I cannot organize events in Australia because I will go back to prison if I do that. So I thought, well, you know what? Thanks to your imprisonment, you've given me an international profile. So I'm going to try that. Um, so, you know, and I'm, I'm also hoping that the, the networking that I've been able to do during this SOS campaign will be able to create some sort of, um, secure communication and we'll have a, a worldwide communication channel for all the leaders and we can organize things for each other. Now, what, what the other thing I'm very understanding of is that other countries are going through very similar things to Australia. But what I will say is that we're about two months ahead of most people with the mandates and the segregation um, and the, the, the loss of human rights is uh, really obvious that our constitution is lacking a lot of um, oomph in that area. So I would say to the world that I understand that we're all going through problems, but Australia is the tip of the spear. A lot of people have said that. And the reason for that is that we're an island we're segregated, we can't really run away, um, and we're just a, a nice folk. So um, we, we were pretty easy to, to do this test on. And uh, so what we're going through is coming to you if we can't stop it here. So that is why I would ask for any pressure, economic, political, anyone you know high up in, in politics, in influence, even just rich people who buy and sell things in Australia, imagine if they just stopped doing their business in Australia um, based on this. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to achieve and we'll just see how we go. It's absolutely needed to really look. Australia, I think everybody knows, is the tip of the spear. We're seeing uh, other countries come to just just today, Austria um, actually decided to uh, make a mandate as well, a universal mandate. They've booked appointments for everyone in the country, those who haven't still have booked appointments to get their COVID shots. Unbelievable. Uh, blocking people from uh, even, even grocery stores, they're starting to do this. So um, really, absolutely necessity to 
fight this. And that's why I would encourage all of us to uh, December the 4th, get out to the Australian embassy, uh, wherever you are, go to the major city. Uh, If you go to uh, the Reignite website, you'll see some of that. Do you have much of the international protests on your site or is that being housed elsewhere? Yeah, so we're we're hoping to have a like a list of the countries that are getting involved, but really the countries are managing the the platforms and the um, promotion for their own events Great. with their own channels. Yeah. Great. Yes. Well, if you go to lifesitenews.com, uh, you'll be able to find that information both for Canada and the United States. Um, as well, we're, we're trying to organize in, in different countries as well. This is so essential that this message gets out that we are there to support our Australian brothers and sisters who are really experiencing this hell because we know it's coming to us as well. Uh, Monica, thank you for your time and coming and speaking to us. I know you're very, very busy. Any parting words for, uh, for the world um, as Australia fights for freedom for itself and for the world? Well, anyone who does go to the Australian embassies, um, I'm very humbled by your kind gesture. Thank you so much. It, it means it means a lot to us, and I can't wait to see the, the footage and things like that. And if you can't get down there, then please uh, pray for those who are and uh, just support us in that way. And, you know, it was probably similar to my last parting um, comments, but, well, actually, no, it's a bit different. It's, it's really important that we all decide where our line in the sand is. You know, what are, we, what are we not willing to cross? What are we not willing to do? What are we willing to die for? I know it sounds dramatic, but, guys, we're kind of in a war here. Um, it just doesn't look as bloody and it doesn't, it's not in your face, but it's, it's a war nonetheless. So I think it's really important that we all decide where our line is, what we're willing to die for, because that gives us a lot of peace because we know we're not going to do that or we're not going to do this. Start figuring out where your line is and you'll be at peace and you'll be a lot stronger and you'll love the person you you're becoming by doing that. So that would be my lasting message. Awesome, Monica. That's great. Coming from someone who's spent 22 days already in jail for this. um, It's not far-fetched at all to recognize where, what stand you're going to take that you would uh, die for. And uh, may God bless you, Monica. You too. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time on the John Henry Weston show. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. 
We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.